0: All right, thank you all. Thank you all for having me. This will be fun. What a great introduction. I'm not sure that's ever happened to me. So, I appreciate that. Craig you did a better job than you would have done. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I I about 15 20 minutes ago, I got the biggest smile on my face back there because Craig had no idea what I was going to talk about here tonight. And um uh what we just exhibited in praise and the time just previous is exactly what I'm going to preach on tonight and teach on. It's amazing. I just I was like, OK, God, I can't believe you just did this. So the example of what we just did as a group is exactly what I'm going to talk about um, here tonight. And that's having a thankful spirit. So, you know, we talk a lot here at the at RC about bringing in his presence, not just in this service, but in your daily walk with him, in your business place, friendship, family, it's all about walking in his presence, knowing Jesus, um, and et cetera. I think there's two critical components in order to be able to 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 bring and walk into his presence. Clearly, which our, our team here is amazing, is praise and, and music and worship. Um you know, my go-to, and it's my go-to right now, season of life, is Brandon Lake. I'm going to plug in Brandon Lake. He's going to get me in the right mode and the right mindset to, to do my day. So my first go-to is is that praise and is that worship. I do think, though, that another big piece of that, and I'm going to talk about some scripture and talk about some examples, and we'll, well I won't keep you here all night, um, but is is that thankful spirit and being thankful and we'll talk a lot about that but i think that combination of praise and thanksgiving is clearly scriptural and is clearly clearly the two together is what brings in that presence craig said i think it was a couple of weeks ago and it resonated with me for whatever reason but he mentioned about he mentioned the term weapons of mass destruction in one of your sermons a couple of weeks ago And I think you were targeting that. Honestly, I can't remember the whole context of why you said it. But when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I'm not even positive your whole purpose is saying it. But to me, in the kingdom of God, in our spiritual warfare, that weapons of mass destruction is his love. Everything dwindles and dissipates and goes away and cannot stand up against his love. Bringing us in his presence brings in his love. And again, nothing stands before that. To get, walk in His love, I think is the combination of that thankful spirit and that praising of Him. And that's exactly what we just did in our praise time in the last hour. So when you opened it up, wanting people to come up and say thanks, you know, things you're thankful for, that's, that's, well, we could have just closed the service and, but I, you know, I prepared for this, I'll still speak, but we could have ended the service right there. Um, You know, the, the reason I brought the WMD up is, you know, it is, and I'll just read the definition. It's a weapon of mass destruction, is a biological, chemical, radiological, nuclear, or any other weapon that can kill or significantly harm many people or cause great damage to artificial structures, natural structures, or the biosphere. I say that because we are in a spiritual war. And... And again, just like I said, that spiritual war, that WMD for us is, is his love, but it's not just about taking care of the enemy. It's not just about opening up and smoothing things out for yourself. It's about a way of life. That's about a way of, of, of being happy with who we are, being happy with what we do in our lives and every day and going through 24 seven. It's yes, we're in a spiritual warfare, but I want to enjoy my time, as Sean said, my grandkids. sixty-seven's a lot. I've only got 10. Well, 11. I'll take it back. Sorry, i lose count. Um, but let me read some verses, and then we'll spring, springboard off of that. Psalms 104. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's a tough one. Can you give thanks to, to him in all circumstances? We'll talk a little bit about that. Psalm 717. I'll give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. And I'll sing praise to the name of the Lord, the most high. Psalms 9-1. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Psalms 28:7. "The Lord is my strength and my shield. in Him <laughs> The Lord is my strength and my shield, in Him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to Him. Yeah, I was smiling when you read the verse. <laughs> Colossians 4:2, Continue steadfastly in prayer. And I, you know that one you hear talked about a lot, but the second part of that verse is being watchful in it. With Thanksgiving, so I could go on and on. I mean, there are hundreds of verses, you know, that, that say pretty much the same thing. Um, and then clearly, a book in the Bible that you gravitate towards is Psalms, because of King David, um, and and he's the epitome of me, who, in, in my opinion, the example who exhibited this. But one thing that to just reflect on a little bit is. You know, King David was just a shepherd out in the field. He was the youngest in the family. And in the Hebrew culture, the youngest didn't get the inheritance. The youngest was kind of the afterthought. It was the eldest that got everything. And King David was honored by Samuel coming and anointing him that you are going to be the next king of Israel. But how many years did it take for the fulfillment of that anointing to happen in David's life? You know, we could do a whole sermon it's not, not my point tonight that we could walk through what he went through. And, you know, he finally got close to being in the king's court in front of Saul, you know, and, and got to start realizing that dream because he was, he was there now in the, in, the, in the palace, you know, in front of King Saul. But then it changed like that when Saul tried to kill him with the spear. Then for, again, I don't know how many years that he went, hiding in caves, being chased, being tried to kill. And you can, I can't, well, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the times he sat there in a cave wondering, okay, God, you told me I was going to be king of Israel. Now I don't know if I'm going to live past tomorrow. Now, so we could go on and on about that. But my point I want to point out is he could have easily developed bitterness. He could have developed anger. He could have had resentment. All kinds of negative things could have built up within his heart. But what's the number one thing that God talks about David in Scripture is he was a man of his heart. David never fought. I mean, I'm sure he struggled. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, his heart was a heart after God. Yeah, he made a lot of mistakes. He made some bad ones later on in life. But the heart stayed true. He didn't let that bitterness, that resentment, that et cetera, come in. And again, you can read the first chapter in psalms and realize how did he do it he did it by comb- combining praise and the worship and etc along with a grateful thankful heart with how he lived every day of his life <clears throat> so our challenge is how do we make that a part of our dna a part of our character a part of our Every waking moment. How do we, how do we make this, this thankful spirit, gratefulness, be a heart, part of who we are? Are we going to be a glass half empty? Or are we going to be a glass half full? Are we going to be the optimist or are we going to be the pessimist? There was a, a, a famous book written that was published in 1952 by uh, Norman Vincent Peale. Everybody's heard the name, The Power of Positive Thinking. It was interesting, the, the, it, I think it was even in the first chapter, there was ten rules that he started out that book. And so let me just read the ten rules that, that he listed in this book. Picture yourself succeeding. Think a positive thought to drown out a negative thought. That's a big one. You can have a ton of negative thoughts. Switch, Think, drown out every negative thought with a positive thought. Minimize obstacles was number three. Again, there could be sermons on every one of these points. Minimizing obstacles. obstacles. What are you feeding your mind? What are you looking at? What songs are you listening to? What TikTok videos are you watching? Minimize the obstacles. Number four, do not attempt to copy others. Number five, repeat. If God be for us, who can be against us? Ten times every day. Number six, work with a counselor. Now, I added a little footnote to that one. Surround yourself with positive people. So what's a counselor? They're trying to lift you up, trying to walk you through, and etc. cetera. You are who you hang around. If you want to be an optimist, you will be a grateful person, an energetic person, et cetera. Hang around people that are like-minded. Number seven, repeat. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me ten times every day. Develop, number eight, develop a strong self-respect. Number nine, affirm that you are in God's hands. And then number ten, believe that you receive power from God. I thought it was fascinating that, you know, because I always pictured that, and I guess it probably was, as a secular book, you know, that was published. And there's unbelievable amounts of, even in the uh, psychology c- courses and classes and other books that spawned off of this, but if you read this, pretty much half of his ten rules are spiritual or godly or principles. Um. So just elaborating a little bit more onto that... Um. To me, this is just something that I've tried to incorporate within my life, and I would encourage you to try the same. See what works, what doesn't work for you. But number one on my list is ask the Father to instill that within my heart. Let me be a a grateful person for what I have and what I I experience every day. And then right alongside of that, talk to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis to, to ask him to make you a grateful person. He will take those negative thoughts, those positive thoughts, he will overwhelm you with those positive thoughts when you ask him to, and you're just not going to see the negative that's out there. Now, that doesn't make life easy. I'm not saying all this makes life easy and makes the hard things go away, but it will change your perspective and how you walk through those. What do you choose to dwell on? Are you going to dwell on bad things or are you going to dwell on good things? Now, if you're you're catching a theme here, there's absolutely a spiritual component to this. There is also mental self-discipline that's involved here. You've got to make a decision. Am I going to choose this versus that? So what are you going to dwell on? What's good versus what's bad? You know, I'm going to have Chad come up here in just a minute and share a story because I want to kind of tie this into some real examples. Um, And then you don't want to hear me speak the whole time anyway, so we'll have Chad come up. But Chad exemplifies what I'm fixing to say here better probably than anybody I know. Look around you. Get outside. Look at nature. We live in a beautiful part of the world and seeing the mountains. You know, go up on Fort Mountain and see the view, you know, and et cetera. See the magnificent mountains, the sky. I love going out at night and seeing the stars and the moon. Um, and just kind of soaking it in and resting, looking at that. The ocean's another beautiful. I don't get there very often, but it's a beautiful place just to see the power of the ocean, you know, that hits. View all of that, then in turn, at a sunrise. View it at a sunset. I mean, how can you not be thankful? And encouraged and turned to be an optimistic, positive person to really soak up and see what God has created for us all around us. And then most important, Chad, if you want to come up, if you don't mind, um, if you're still going to do this, I didn't scare you off. (laughs) Most important, focus on something other than yourself. Gosh, we're in too much of a me world, yes. Focus on something other than yourself. Start with that first thing in the morning, start with that when you go to bed at night. Um what I want to do, I don't want to you know, every single person in here could come up here and give unbelievable testimonies and I'd love every minute of it. This is not for Chad to talk about himself. It's not the purpose of why I drug him up here. I'll give an example on myself it that's, I'm not here to talk about myself, nor he is either, but at the same time, we want to be real. We want to give examples that helps community, that helps come see where principles like this comes to apply. So again, I just told you, focus, don't focus on yourself. <laughs> and then I'm going to sit in here and talk, but that's not the purpose of what we're doing. So Chad, I appreciate it. I just asked him to share his family and he's going to tell you his family, his business went through an ordeal, a journey. I don't know, what, a couple of years? Has it only been two years
1: ago? I think it's been
0: three. Three? That, uh, anyway, I'll let you share. And,
1: and, you know, I guess, quite honestly, it's probably one of the least favorite things in my life that I like to talk about. Uh, That's just being, be a straight. And so, Brian hit me with this yesterday when he was telling me he was going to speak and he's thinking of me and if I'd be willing to share kind of an experience that my family and I went through and, um, as we were talking about it, it really occurred to me that uh, I think it is a, a powerful testimony it, I really didn 't even see fully until we started talking about it yesterday so uh, i 'm grateful for that i 'm grateful for the the uh, rear view mirror look at the whole situation and uh, the way that things ended up. Um, Anyway, let me let me get into it. it. It was about three years ago. My wife and I heard from God, and yes, I am must say it again, we heard from God. We've been following God a long time. We we have heard Him ask us to do things, and you know, when you follow God, you learn quickly that it's not always like the audible voice talking to you. But I will I will say, as surely as I've ever said anything, that we heard God as clearly to do this thing as anything we'd ever gone through in our lives. So, long story short, the, the call was to move across the country, um, buy a business in the state of Maryland. Um, other believers that we're going to sell it to us. We're going to go to the mission field, and we're thinking God's all over this thing. It was fairly unconventional. It happened kind of fast. Uh, you know, from a normal business standpoint, you look at it and say, why, why are you doing this so fast? This doesn't make sense but we heard from God and I told God a long time ago that I would go where he wanted me to go and I meant it and so I got to I got to test that out a little bit and I don't want to get into the details because they don't really matter but we, we got there I was up there for two months working a lot my family was still here they moved up there loaded the U-Haul got there ended up the whole thing just fell apart. Like, I was up there literally with a U-Haul full of all my stuff, thinking, should I just turn this thing around? Or should I unload it all? You know, have a breath, see if we could think through this, and see if there's some way to salvage it or not. So we did. We unloaded everything. Um, Hillary and I in a hotel room, you know, prayed, sought the Lord, asked for advice from friends, what can we do, blah, blah, blah. And anyway we ended up coming back loading all my stuff into the u-haul again driving 12 hours across the country back and fortunately I was able to go back into my old position everything everything was fine there you know but it was kind of one of those instances where I had to decide because there's there's all kinds of things that wanted to creep in there shame you know I've been Blessed in life, I haven't I haven't made a lot of like catastrophic decisions as far as these things go, so it would have been real easy for shame to come in there. Uh, Fear, you know, it's my job to provide for my family. I just jeopardized that. You know, is that is that right? Did I did I shirk my duty as a dad? Anyway, all all these things are wanting to come in here, but when, when Hillary and I Think about it. It's like we, we know we heard from God, and we had a choice to make. Are, are we going to stand on? Or are we going to be like Peter, where you know that the Jesus asked him, "Are y'all going to leave me too?" And he says, "Where else would I go?" And, and you, anyway, it, it was one of those instances where. It would have been really easy to have like the biggest pity party that I've ever had for myself, but but that's not that's not right. That's not what God calls us to. He, if if we heard from Him, um, I think it was First Corinthians ten. It says uh, He won't tempt you more than what you can bear. I don't know that I was tempted. But I think it also applies that he's not going to lead you into something that he can't lead you out of. And so, you know, I don't even have the wisdom to read 1 Corinthians 10 during that moment. I was just like, you know what? I believe that. I believe that if he called me into this, I don't know why. I can't explain it. I did my part. We did our part. And looking back on it, God honored that. I mean, the last three years of our lives have been, in the rearview mirror, some of the best financially, some of the best spiritually, some of the best, just some of the best. I mean, that's, that's all I can say about it. And I, I, don't know, I don't know what's next, but I know that um, when you go through life, that that was a choice where God told us to do something. We did it. It didn't work out the way that we thought it would going into it. It also applies if you just screw up. I'm very capable of that, too. Making (laughs) bad decisions that I know are bad, but I make them anyway. What are you going to do? Are you going to fix your gaze on him? Are you going to tap into the mind of Christ that he put in us to help us walk through these things? Um, it says uh, a bruised reed he will not crush. Okay? So, you follow God doing something you think he told you to do. It burns to the ground. He's not going to crush you. you. You make a decision that you know is bad because you're human. You realize you did wrong. He's not going to crush you. That, that's not his way. But uh, the key to the whole thing it, for me in the rearview mirror is guarding my heart to keep it focused on the fact that he is good, that he loves me, that he causes all things to work together for my good because I'm called according to his good purpose. I answered his call that he put on me. And so why would he, why would he do anything? But bless me. But take care of me. But not crush me, but build me up. And so, I I don't know, Brian, I hope this is going where you want it to. But uh, it's, it's, uh, what's the other scripture? Is that setting your face like a flint? I'm going to be a flint stone or something like that. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not going out like that. Okay, and then y'all can hold me accountable to this as we go forward. He enlarged my tent because now I've been through it. I survived it. And I could probably say that I thrived from it at this juncture. But you have to make those hard decisions when you're in that crucible to say what am I going to do here? Where What's my character like? Is this going to take me out or is this going to build me up? Because it's going to go one of two ways. Um, and anyway, I, I pray that whatever your situation is, you set your face like a flint, get your tent enlarged, you say, Lord, where else would I go? And just keep moving.
0: You know, I, I had a, conversa- a conversation... Literally five minutes at most with him yesterday and said, this is kind of what I want to speak on. This is kind of something i thought about sharing, but why don't you step up and share? And that was perfect, Chad. So there was no prepping at all. That just was, that flowed. That was perfect. And I can say, and this isn't to puff them up, I can say that's an example of I can't think of one time after all that occurred that Chad or Hillary were negative people. I can't. Can you? At all? And that's what God's called us to do. That's what these scriptures that I read, that's what we're to focus on. That's what I'm talking about. So real quick, and I'll close. It's not going to take much longer. I'll keep it short. And I'm going to bring this one up simply for the fact of, We, a lot, so, I mean, everybody here has gone through medical situations. So again, it's, and, and you're going to hear me say that my medical situation is, is nothing compared to what people around that I see walk through. But I want to give a personal example, making it real. It's 35 years old, never been hospitalized, never really had any issues. It was only two years ago. So this is a real example, a recent example, you know. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) Um, uh, And, you know, I'd been suffering for about a year. Suffering. i have been having tinnitus for a year. It kept getting worse, worse, worse. I got to the point I couldn't even go. It's hard to go to sleep. So finally, you know, don't ever want to go. I don't ever go to a doctor. Finally went to a doctor. Short, I'm going to fast forward through this. You know, go in, the ear, nose, throat guys, we do an MRI. It's like, all right, yours is overkill. Go MRI, go in, go visit him. And he sits me down. He says, okay, you got a tumor. And I'm like, all right, can we take care of this tomorrow? Can we do this in your office? I mean, I was really clueless, you know, et cetera. And so, you know, that proceeded to realize it was a little bit bigger deal than just going into his office and they are going to go pull something out of my head. So it was in technical terms, Delilah will know this, is acoustic neuroma. I had a tumor um, that was benign. So that's the first praise God that to this day I'm thankful for. I have never had to deal with cancer. There's a lot of people in here that have to deal with that. And that's a whole other ball game. that I was always grateful that that was a benign tumor. But it was growing on my hearing nerve next to my brain. Um, and come to find out when they went in to do the surgery, it took 10 hours because it was also growing on my facial nerve. Um, and now this is the doctor's words and this is church, but I'm going to say this anyway, that when I woke up, you know, and, and the family and people were asking, why did it take so long? He said, because that was a sticky SOB of a terminal, of a tumor. <laughs> and so what he did, they clipped the hearing nerve Been without hearing sense, um, they clipped the hearing nerve, but he wanted to save my facial nerve. And so they, he spent, praise God, great surgeon, spent the time to scrape and get all the cells off of that nerve. It's amazing what modern science can do um but as a result of that it that inflamed that nerve so for the next six months of course at the time i didn't know how long it was going to take and this is the point of the thankful spirit and you just kind of got to walk through some of this sometimes and it's a mental discipline to do it's the point i'm trying to make for the next six months you could draw a line in my face from here over was completely paralyzed that even included the tongue. I couldn't move that part of my tongue, couldn't move that part of the mouth. It was a lot of fun learning how to drink, how to uh, eat soup and let, not let one half go drooling all down the face. Um, and you can imagine my boys had a good time making fun of dad, and we had fun with some of that. But, um, but six months not being able to move that side of my face. Six months not knowing the doctor says it should come back. Famous word, should. For all most patients, most people, that nerve will will, the inflammation will calm down, it'll regenerate, and you should get it back. They also had to put a metal metal a gold plate in my eyelid because I couldn't blink. You have facial paralysis, you can't blink. If you can't blink, you don't produce tears. You can't blink, then your eye's gonna be damaged because you're not getting any liquid and you know, and it's not you know being relieved there. So literally Lisa would walk around and after about two weeks, it got ingrained into, you know, my every day. And with the gold plate in the eyelid, it, it could kind of use the weight, and I could kind of blink my eye on my own with that gold plate. But she had to tell me for like two weeks, you're not blinking, you're not blinking, you're not blinking. And, of course, I constantly flitting tears in the eyes. So, again, I'm not going to wallow through what I went through. And, again, compared to other people, it was trivial what other people have gone through. But... The mental battle was pretty intense. The mental battle was every morning getting ready. Look, every time I looked in a mirror and I would sit there and I would try to say, okay, can I, can I move, can I twitch something on there? Is there any sign that this is going to come back for six months? That's a long time. And, I, I'm going to confess, I was sitting there that whole time praising God. Thank you that I'm getting to go through this. I don't think I ever breathed those words. Thank you that my, you know, face is paralyzed. Now the only fun I had was I could put a jalapeno pepper on that side of my mouth and nobody could handle the the heat like I could (laughs) during that period of time. That's about the only fun I had with it. But the, um, but, but in all seriousness, I didn't really sit there before God and say, thank you that I'm going through this. And what am I going to learn through this? I didn't do any of that. You know, that just wasn't me. That probably was the right thing to do. What was easy for me to do, though, was to look around. When I mentioned earlier about looking around and seeing the world around you, it was so easy to look around at people that had it worse than me. And being thankful that that's all I was going through. And being thankful it wasn't worse. And et cetera. And so, but it's a choice. It's a, it's a mental self-discipline. And sometimes it could be, you know, every hour. You gotta, you gotta make that decision. Now what happens, and it's the same thing that happens in everything in life, is you, you, it's kind of tough and you gotta constantly remind yourself to do that for the first X amount of time. And then you don't really think about it anymore. It just kind of goes away and then you just kind of live life and you're not battling it as much. But you have to start by making those decisions and having some of that self-discipline. So the ball is in your court of what type of person you want to be. If you're a positive, thankful, grateful spirit, keeping keeping positive thoughts, looking at the, the good things around you and the good people God's blessed you with, what he's blessed you in life, you're going to be a life giver. If you gravitate over to the other side, you're just a life sucker, a life taker. And I'm telling you, it's not just for the benefit of the people around you. You're just going to love life a lot more by operating like that. It's, I mean, you could even look at it as a selfish thing. You just will enjoy life more by taking that, that approach. So I'll just end it here. Psalms 104, repeat the verse. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And then actually I said I was going to end it. But I want to go back to the verse that I mentioned earlier in First uh, Thessalonians 5.18. All this being said, that's how we accomplish this verse that says give thanks in all circumstances. And we can do it. He's given us the power. He's given us the guide, the roadmap, and the people around us to do that. So love you guys. Thanks for letting us uh, do this today.